Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Victor Lucas, you sound kind of funny today, like you're calling from the bottom of Oscar the Grouch's garbage can. Yeah, it's me and Oscar. We're hanging out, man. No, listen, we cannot pull the wool over our listeners' eyes. You are on the road this week. You're traveling. You're up to some secret stuff. Yeah, well, E3 is coming, and uh, the companies have got uh, a few little things they want to share prior to E3. More uh, than a few little things, I would imagine. Yeah, we're, we're seeing some pretty cool stuff. Day one was incredible, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Uh, I can't say any damn thing right now. I've got it. You know, I've signed my life away on embargoes all over the damn place. Oh, you must be busting. Uh, you know what? It feels like, and if you know me, you probably, you know, you watch I, the show. I know you. And you know me. Uh, you, you know the kinds of stuff that I'm into, and it feels like there's a lot of that coming. Superheroes is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, we just did tease the uh, Batman Arkham Origins uh, teaser. Oh, my God. So that might give you a subtle hint. But uh, um, uh, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting year. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, surprises and a lot of huge money on display and a lot of uh, risk-taking. And then Risk-taking, uh, really? Oh, yeah, man. I think there well, will now be, I'm interested. Well, because... The business is so different than it was the last console generation. You know, now there's just so many different ways that that people can play this material, and so many different price points. And uh, you know, we're seeing that. I, I, we actually went to a, a publisher's uh, event, and and uh, free to play and mobile was a big part of what they they were talking about. You know, oh, that was wow. a big a big transitional sort of mind frame change, and it was really bizarre. But, it, uh, it is a brave new world out there. So you're in Los Angeles, California. There's no secret about that. That's where all the action happens. There's two yeah. cities basically in the world, New York and Los Angeles. That's it. Everybody else can go screw. So uh, so the weather's been good this week? You've been yeah. outside at all? Weather's been fantastic. Yeah. The, sun, the sun is beaming. It's a little hot, but beautiful. And, and uh, you know, I, don't, I haven't been traveling that much. I mean, you and I have done a little bit of traveling, but it, it's different from the old days when I used to be on the road six months out of the year for EP content. So uh, it's it's great to kind of, and you know how this is, you reconnect with these people that work in the industry that you haven't seen in a long time. And well, the few that are left. Now, actually, it's surprising. You know, I sat down next to a journalist yesterday that... Uh, Andy he, Eddie. Uh, well, Andy Eddie was one of them, and the okay. other one, I, I forgot his I was name. just guessing. But uh, you probably know his name. I think it's Steve, but he... Uh, he <laughs> got a uh, memorable name, just like Scott and Vic. <laughs> he asked me, he said, I hate to be rude, but how long have you been doing this? And I said, well, since 1995, since uh, the first uh-huh. E3. Uh, that's when we launched the site. And, and I said, how long have you been doing this? And he said, my first published review was Super Mario Brothers in 1985. And oh, my God. He must, be, he must have a beard as long as Gandalf's. Well, it's pretty... It's cool to see... Who the fuck has he, been writing reviews since 1985? Oh, Holy you know, shit. John, Steve? I think it's Steve. I think it is. I, I, we, don't, we don't really connect all that often because I think he writes for newspapers and all that stuff. But it was interesting to see that there are people in this business that don't want to give it up. They want to be uh, covering this world as long as this world will let them you know and uh you know i've been doing this a long time i like the passion it's good i like the passion and you know obviously we're sitting through some demos and some reveals that are less than memorable or or kind of or iterative um but you you know what i mean 
I think it's just like you and I reviewing stuff every week. It's, it's like we come in with optimism. We really hope to be surprised and we love this industry and we love this content and we love this or, or the potential of this content. And, uh, I, I don't know if that is ever going to go away. And it's encouraging to see people that have been doing this longer than I have and have been, or you have been, uh, still fired up and still ready to rock and roll with it, you know? So, you know, a few seconds ago, you talked about the old days when you used to go on the road six months out of every 12. And uh, this week, uh, when you're traveling, it's obviously a, a, bit, a bit quieter around the office, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I went out to lunch with uh, with our producer, Rob Koval, who produces us on, on Reviews on the Run. And he I, talked about one I particular... Help. What's that? Are you guys firing me? Is that what this is? Uh, we, we're going to keep you around for a couple more months, but it's on a, you know, oh, we'll see what happens. Okay. You might get health insurance after three That's months. with Adam Sessler. Same shit happening. <laughs> I can't stand this. We're going to Sessler you right out of here. No, yeah. listen. So he talked about a road trip that you guys went on a few years back where you went to, you drove all around in a van and yep. you all piled into... He couldn't remember, and he thought maybe he might be blocking it out in his mind. Uh, you might have shared hotel rooms back then. Uh, we, we absolutely have shared hotels. Oh, my God. Uh, that in, is the ultimate sacrifice. On, on trips. I mean, when we started, man, we had no money at all. So season one was, uh, you know, everybody that was in that van, which was like five or six people in one room. And we all ate Taco Bell every day because mm. it was two bucks to get, to get uh, you know, a lunch together oh at God, that you time. You ate Taco Bell. That was it. You're yeah. so healthy now. I cannot believe you eating Taco Bell. That was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the gas was just awful. Oh, my God. You wouldn't All even the- need to pull into a filling station. You just get out and fart into the tank of the van, and you guys could keep going. Or van. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they burned the van after the trip. No, no, but, uh, no security deposit was returned after that van was taken back. Yeah, those days were incredible, though, man. Uh, like, honestly, and I, I did that like four or five you know, maybe up to 10 times with different people where we would uh, rent a van in Vancouver and we would go to Seattle and, and go drive through Portland and we'd go to San Francisco and Los Angeles, sometimes going to Vegas and Phoenix. Um, and like when West, when Westwood was still a big developer in Las Vegas, yeah. we'd swing through and, and go and visit those guys. And basically what we do is we would just stop and, uh, you know, set up all of these meetings along the way. Um, sometimes with broadcasters and sometimes with uh, with game companies, and we would just shoot and shoot and shoot, and then get in the van and fart and fart and fart. <laughs> it was kind of like a nerd version of the Bang Bus. <laughs> I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Of course yes. you don't. Of course yeah. you don't. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. Good memories there, though. Uh, you know what? If I'd gone on some of those trips, we probably wouldn't still be working together. Well, here's a fun fact. Tommy never got in those van trips. Oh, really? he, would, he would just beat us at location or he would pull, he would pull up in his Ferrari and then, oh then my God. out of his Ferrari and we'd shoot a review on a beach or something, you know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a bonding thing and it was like a, a team building thing. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes I miss the simplicity of it all, you yeah. know, not that I, 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 we can't run and operate our business like that anymore, but I miss the um, camaraderie and, and the, the playfulness of it all. And I, I, you know, I encourage anybody that's been building their own thing, and I'm sure this is how everybody does it, but, you know, cherish those times, man, because they're going to go away. And if you, you, you keep growing or, or building something and it starts to, you know, make some money and get a little bit bigger then a lot of that joy and that simplicity, uh, it doesn't go away, but it's something that becomes a memory. You know, that that easiness of it all. And then just that uh, 
that that first exposure to it, that first experience with all of this stuff. Funny and, thing I've noticed on the podcast the last few weeks, uh, yeah. we get wistful almost. You know how we used to make it weird at the end? Now we, we get wistful towards the middle. That seems yeah. to be our new thing. Well, you ask me stuff about the old days and I and I go into it, you know, it's it's like, Jesus, we've been doing this is going to be my 19th E3. We've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do. I have a ton of memories and uh, maybe I should write a book or something. What do you think? Should I should I write a book about the, yep. the history Just of VP? Sit down and hammer it out. Just You can do it. I mean, that, you're probably forgetting the stories as fast as you're making new ones at this point. Well, Rob Koval, I'm surprised he's got a steel trap, man. Like, I really count on that guy for. Mm -hmm a lot of facts and, and details from the past. Cause the, you know, we, we have had so many incredible experiences over the years and, and, uh, they do fade a little bit. So yeah. I should get cracking on this. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll start taking notes in your spare time, which is non-existent. Yeah. I have tons of spare time. Well, the good news is that we have that archive. We have all that video archive and, and the, there's a story just in all of that content, you know, and one day we are going to go through all of that material and kind of piece it together. And one and, day, and tell the, the tell the history of uh, of of this crazy company and these crazy shows that we we are privileged to be able to make. Well, there's the new thing on Kickstarter. This guy's making a movie about video games, and he's trying to gather dough for it. And I watched the trailer for it, and I just thought, man, all you have to do is take the last twenty years of EP, and you can you already have your movie shot. Kind of. Yeah. But, you know, like I'm reading uh, Jason Rubens all over Twitter right now because he has come in to defend the developers of Metro Last Light uh, as uh, being champions for, uh, uh, you know, toiling away in, in less than favorable conditions in the Ukraine. I mean, they were they were actually like wearing parkas and, and sitting on uh, fold-out chairs to build their game because the heat was turned off and they have terrible working conditions. And I just remember meeting Jason Rubin when, when uh, Crash Bandicoot was sort of coming up, you know? And I think we have interviews with Jason and Andy uh, before Crash was actually mm. made, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and that's Naughty Dog on their track. And then, you know, over the years we visited Naughty Dog a ton of times. So we have all of this really cool, uh, you know, that's just one company. We have this, this great timeline of all of these visits to this incredible studio, this world-class studio. Well, I know that, um, that, uh, 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 you're not alone down there in Los Angeles. No, no, sir. You're actually with a lot of people, some old journalists, some friends of ours, some familiar faces. One of our favorite people in the world. That's Another right. guy that makes me laugh. Yeah. That dark hair and glasses. That's right. That's our old friend, Ben Silverman. Since Scott's away, I've got a new pal in the basement. How you doing, Mr. Ben Silverman? It is creepy and cold it in here. It smells too, doesn't it's it? It's a lot colder than I thought it was going to be. It's a trifecta of all kinds of disgustingness. I thought it was going to be more carpeted and cozy no, and warm. No, 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 we had to burn the carpet. <laughs> this is where you cut people up and stuff in here. That's what this room's like. We don't cut anybody up. People have been cut up in here in the past, but we don't do that. We've stopped doing that. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Is this where Scott gets so muscular and strong by banging? He does work out. Is it, yeah, because yeah. I can see all that raw meat in the corner and it looks like it's been pounded yeah, to, he, a, to, he, a, to a pulp. He, do, he does do as much working out as uh, as uh, he can in the basement. It is so good to be here. And it's nice yeah. to be here just with you because I feel like every time I see you now, that Scott Jones is in the way. And he's very tall. He's he, hard. To, you can't see you half the time. I, I know. He just casts a big shadow over a me. Huge huge shadow he's we, a big man and we don't get to hang out enough because you're based in san francisco mm -hmm. and i'm based in vancouver tell me about uh, working with jose what's that like <laughs> 
I mean, other than the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Do I need to go further? Yeah, come on. Let's do, give, give us a, a story of working with Foobs. What's, know, what's I, a typical experience like with him? I like to joke that working with Jose <laughs> is like taming a bear. <laughs> but the truth is, that's absolutely not a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like. But he's a he's always, a bear. He's, he's a happy bear, though, right? He's never come out and attacked you. He's never come out with claws or anything like that. Or has he? Has he physically well, you tried to, to maul you? Well, you have to feed him. Okay, first you feed the bear. Before you start to okay. work with him. Right. That's the key. Yes. It turns out in the circus, you feed the animals <laughs> before you like stick your head in the lion, that thing. The lion has to have been fed. Right. The same thing applies to Jose Sanchez. If he's well fed, yeah. and it might not just be food. It might be uh, he needs to finish his Super Stick Man Golf 2 level or right, whatever. Right, right, right. If he's nice and fed and he's, he's docile... And tame, maybe drugged up, maybe you tranked him. We don't want that, though. We want we want ferocious, ferociously funny bear Jose. Have you ever seen him not on tranquilizers? I don't think you guys have seen it on the show without him on tranks. True, right. it is. He's it's usually, a lot. He's pretty. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It is. It is. He's just like a whirling dervish. He's like the Tasmanian devil. That uh, well, I, you know, you two are a lot of people's favorite pairing out there. And That's I think crazy. It, it's a it, it's an awesome thing to see the two of you because you're very different people. You're both hilarious. You both uh, have different energies and come at games differently and come at the content differently. But it's always awesome to watch you two together. And I think you two probably represent the closest combination of what Tommy and I used to represent because mm. Tommy and I were obviously very different individuals and I think who am I in this am I you and then he's the Tommy I think so okay yeah which is a kind of a weird thing I think that there's more parallels more similarities into uh, his kind of zany behaviors and and you're kind of the straight guy but you're hilariously funny in this whole thing too so that, that, it, that's it, the first time anyone's called me the straight guy I but know. it feels good I know right because I'm usually not called the straight well, guy well you're working with a bear and what I work, else can you and be and I work in San Francisco <laughs> so it's never called the straight guy it never happens well listen you and I are on a uh, top secret uh, retreat right now and we are taking a look mm. uh did I just blow that we're not in the basement? We are in the basement. Yeah, we are in the. We took the basement with us to this top secret retreat. It's like that Doctor Who thing. Exactly. It's right. like the TARDIS. Yes. Yeah, we we're went in into the, the TARDIS, TARDIS on the way to a top secret retreat thing. Right. Uh, taking a look at some of the games that are going to be coming out this year, which we can't talk about. We're under all kinds of. Uh, you know, they'll 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 kill us. They'll shoot us. They will maim us and they'll kill us, us again. They'll shoot us after they kill us. That's how they, serious they, they are. They're they'll shoot our dead bodies. They'll have so, they'll be in so much pain if we start to dissect any of the software that we've taken a look at. But how are you feeling about some of I mean, other than dazed and numb and confused? But that the, those are the three words I was going to uh, use. Okay, all right. I'm very tired. Well, other than that, are you feeling uh, optimistic? Are you feeling gleeful? Are you feeling... Uh, uh, you know, like this is going to be a gangbusters back half of 2013 or I, this is going to be a weird year, man. Yeah. This is going to be a weird year. And I think it's, it's, it's been so long since we've had this experience where you're really having a console transition. Yep. And, and, and last year in the Wii U, we're not going to count that. We yeah. can talk about that, but we're not going to count that because yeah. that, that was just a nightmare. You can't really count just one ever. You yeah. can't really just say, okay, we're on to the next phase of what the business is when only one of them drops, right? Right. No, you're looking at the Wii U just as how does it succeed the Wii. You're not thinking we're on some next level yes. shit here. Yeah. But we are going to be on to some next level shit here yeah. later in the year. And I think that puts everyone in a weird place because, you know, 
these systems that we're playing now, the 360 and the PS3, those are still going to be supported. It's not like they vanish. Yeah. So a lot of what we're seeing that right now you and I are seeing and some stuff that we're still going to be seeing for the year are huge games for systems that aren't the ones that everyone's waiting for. Grand Theft Auto V is coming out. You know, Will it be on the next-gen systems? I'm sure there'll be something there. But if you look at the install bases of the PS3 and the 360, they're going to sell to that crowd. So we're getting excited about the next gen. We're going to talk about that. We're going to you know, dissect everything about these new systems. But there's still so much life left in the current systems. But you feel weird. You don't, I'm not excited because yeah. I want to see the new hardware. Yeah. So even though I know they're going to be great game experiences, I don't really, I, don't, I have like a halfy. Yeah. I have like kind yeah. of like a halfy. No, I totally get it. Yeah. Like I woke up. You got a pudgy. Up with a you don't have the whole deal. Do you feel a, a little ripped off that we're not seeing enough stuff? I mean, obviously what's happening here is everybody's got big E3 plans, you know, and Microsoft has their big reveal next week. Um, and so we're being told that there's more coming and that, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen early spec stuff, like uh, EA said about the Battlefield 4 stuff, that that's a really good indication of what their future for next gen is all going to be. So we're not seeing a whole ton. Yeah. We've seen a little bit, but we're not seeing a whole ton of, you know, what the visual fidelity of next gen kind of is promising to be. Do you feel a bit ripped off about that? Well, I do because we haven't seen enough of it yet. We and we in general, see it. right? Right, yeah. right. And we, I mean, we already went to that giant Sony thing in yeah. New York, and I expected to be more blown away than I was. Yeah. And I suspect that's going to be... The, E3. The message. Well, I'm, I just think, I think everyone is hoping we're going to see some sort of graphical leap that yeah. is going to be as profound as it's been in the past. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. And in fact, when you when you go back over what that Sony press conference was about, the share button and yeah. the touch stuff and things that were not about, you know, you're not going to believe your eyes. We didn't get a lot of that. And yeah. I'm, I'm concerned that that, that impactful first look at something you've never seen in terms of fidelity or in terms of just innovation in graphics. I don't know if we're going to see that. I mean, some of the things that I've seen already, I don't know if I necessarily feel like people are going to be blown away by what they're seeing. We visually. saw a big game go head to head against a last gen version of the same kind of game. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were definite improvements. It absolutely looks better. But shit, the PlayStation 3 and the 360, they have some pretty great looking software. They've yeah. had some. And they're still going to get some, you know? And it, 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 I don't think the battle is going to be in graphics this time. I think it's going to be in um, price points. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be in ease of attaining this software, like through online mechanisms. Uh, you know, EA has just dropped the uh, online pass, which I think is, is news that's uh, getting out everywhere right now. So uh, there's going to be- Thank God for that. Totally. And I think there's going to be some shifts in, in uh, the constrictions around getting game content and sharing game content and portability of game content. I think that's the story of next gen from what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I think they're gonna have to push features that keep people wanting to play in front of their television because yeah. we're really not doing that as much as we used to. Right. I know I'm not doing it very much at all. I mean, yeah. I, when we review games for the show, there are some big games that I do want to play that maybe I haven't reviewed for the show. Yeah. Um, but I do the bulk of my gaming these days not sitting on my couch in front right. of my television. I'm doing it on the toilet on my iPhone. I'm yeah. doing it while well, I'm usually just on the toilet just on my a, iPhone. Just uh, several times. I just spend a lot of time on the toilet. Five hours of iPhone gaming on the toilet. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, when, awesome. you're, when you're a man of a certain age. <laughs>
favorite room in the house is no longer the living room. They should just set up all the commercials for iPhone games right in people's cans. I was what in. Do you a, think? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Don't you think? I think it's it, perfect. Will this? And we could actually start uh, reviewing the mobile stuff for how appropriate it would be in uh, in the toilet. I think there should be a toilet score. Don't we should think? have a yeah. toilet score like, on the like show. How many? Uh, numb uh, legs will you get when you play or how often or how long will your legs be numb how long while you will play it take this? you to be able to walk normally again <laughs> that is the worst it, feeling in the world right it it's like man you feel like a loser on so many levels I know you're like I've been here for so long my legs are numb <laughs> and you almost fall over when you get I'm up raw but that should be like some kind of there should be an achievement. Like the the app should know that you your your ass has gone numb and your legs have gone numb, and they give you some kind of game reward for that. That's such a sad achievement. I've earned that achievement, by the way, a couple of times. You know, I stayed in a hotel room recently that had a television in the bathroom. Right. That was viewable from the toilet, and I swear to God, I could have just li- I, that could have been my Th- new place. That would have been it. That right just there. would have been my new home. All you needed was some kind of hot plate or you something. You could have just in moved there. my wife in there in and a maybe fridge. Yeah, exactly. Maybe just a bed <laughs> if I got tired, lay my head on it. I would have just stayed there forever. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's the other thing that we're seeing this uh on this uh journey that we're on right now is mobile pushed to the forefront. In fact, some yeah. of these major publishers uh that have had little mobile bits here and there, that's what they're leading with. Yeah. You know? And yeah. uh that's been kind of crazy to see too people are adopting this and adopting free to play and and you know asking us about the ideas around free to play and how they should price this stuff uh it is a very uh, transitory just like we are shifting like this yeah. whole business is this whole idea around this business is shifting you, you know? feel it when yeah. you talk to any game developers these days you just feel them yeah. trying to you feel them trying to figure this out and trying to solve this. And it can't be easy. I mean, I was speaking to a, a game developer who's making a free-to-play iPad game where they have to monetize, and that's going to be through microtransactions. And, and they were talking about how difficult it is you know, to just, you want to design this as a pure game. You want to design it for entertainment. But you have to make money. So yeah. at what point do you start to actually talk to the people who are going to be marketing the game, which is something you would never have done in the past. You would just make the game you want to make and let the marketing people figure it out. But now you have to say, okay, well, they got to make money. So they're going to say, well, what can you sell? What can you charge for that you weren't charging for? That goes all the way back through design docs. That changes everything. Like you have to approach it so differently now. And I got to tell you as, as, as reticent as I am to embrace that because I come from an old school place, you pay for something, you play it, it's yeah. great, you're done. I enjoy a lot of free-to-play games. Yeah. I am playing so many games for free or for 99 cents these days, and I'm playing them for more than I'm playing a lot of these console games that yeah. I'm forking the money over for. So yeah. I don't mind it. I think a new pricing structure is great. I think having new alternative models for how you pay for things are great. I just want to make sure no matter what it is, if it's a big budget game, if it's an iPhone game, that the price matches the experience. And the value. I think this also speaks to uh, the power of the creator, too. Yeah. Not not God, but I put the game the game creator. Maybe it does speak creator. about the power of of God as well. But no, I'm talking about the game creators. I get in trouble if I speak of the power of the creator. He doesn't. We have a vengeful God. Oh, my dude. people. Oh yeah, really? He's a dick. No, I, he's a total dick. I, I don't even want to touch this. If you read the first book, yeah. the original one okay. that my people are based on, yes. he's just a fucking asshole the whole way. 
He's Man, just, I feel like a bolt of lightning is going to strike you down right now. No, Can I back no. away a little bit? No, he doesn't do that. He's, right. No, he's never lightning. He'll get you later. He's not the, oh, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> he's he's right. got his eyes on you. It's ass cancer. Yeah. Oh. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be slow and well, painful. Maybe less gaming on the can. That's true. Maybe right? I, that's why I should get yeah. off the toilet. That, there it's it is. the ass cancer. It always comes back to shit in this podcast. What, what is the deal with that? It does? Yeah, all the time. I've only listened to I, it, it once. It's the, it's the power of the force of Jones right there. You've only listened to it once. And that's all you need. You guys were talking about shit the yeah. whole time. <laughs> uh, but no, the power of the game developer is coming to the forefront. They're making the calls. They're making the decisions on uh, uh, the kinds of... I mean, they're have, they have to. They're being backed into a corner. They're losing out on budgets and, and support in a lot of ways. Uh, they're, they're having to make the call and make the decisions. And they're partnering with technology companies like Unity and, and some of these guys to help them bring their material out to market. Um, but it does feel like there's a power shift in, in uh, the types of game content that we're going to be seeing in the future feels like the smaller teams with experience, the indie groups out there that are pushing forward on new ideas, they feel like some of the most powerful sort of forces in game development right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit like what happened in the 70s with filmmaking, where you got these rogue filmmakers who yeah. just changed the paradigm completely. Guys like Spielberg and yep. guys like George Lucas, who were not, you know, these big company men. They came in and changed the way that the entire nature of that medium worked. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that now. I mean, when games like Journey win Game of the Year awards and, you know, oh, even The Walking Dead, which you could argue is from a bigger brand, but Telltale is not no. a powerhouse. You know, they're a small company. They're becoming that now. They are now. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're a small, a small outfit. I, I love it because yeah. I think that what happened in the last maybe five years of game design or, or, or maybe even more is you started to see everybody try to make a blockbuster. Yeah. Everybody was making a blockbuster. It was like the end of the 80s with action films. You couldn't watch any of that shit. There yeah. were like three of those movies that were good and everything else was like just some throwaway Jean-Claude piece of crap. Totally. And I think gaming became the same thing. Everyone was like, well, we're going to make our Call of Duty. Well, remember the Super Nintendo era too. I mean, every you know every company tried to make a Mario-type platformer. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and with their own sort of animal mascot of some kind, you know? Right. And, but, think, and that was before uh, everything got, you know, Hollywood eyes, yeah. so, to, so to speak. So at least there was something about that that was... Uh, I don't know, charming. Yes. They were just copying other things that they loved. Yeah. Now everyone thinks, well, we're going to be the next media property that everyone gives a shit about. Yeah. And I think getting away from that and saying that model doesn't work because you can't charge $60 for everything. No. And people are starting to finally recognize that and say, we're going to start to make games that are cool and then we'll figure out There's how to There's almost it. an apologetic kind of air around the games that are actually worth $60. You know, it's yeah. almost like... There's a, you, you know, obviously they're very proud of their successes and stuff, uh, but it, it does feel like, you know, people are, are sort of trying to rein it in a little bit there, the gloat, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they feel like there is a kind of a, a shift in attitude, or, especially around the core. And I think especially around some of the journalists that we hang out with and, yeah. and, you know, the lifers, the people that have been doing this for a long time, because I think we all are fighting for the little guy or hoping that the little guy kind of steps into the ring and does some real damage and comes up with something really innovative for us. Well, we want innovative gameplay, but yeah. we also just don't want to drop six. I look, we, I buy games. Yeah. I mean, just cause you and I, and, and you do too. Yeah. I mean, just because we pl play them for a living and we get a lot of stuff sent to us. Yeah. I still drop coin on this stuff. Too and expensive. It drives me crazy. It's my whole career, my yeah. whole life. 
when I drop 60 bucks on anything yeah. that sucks, I yeah. hate it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's way out of whack. And I think we just need to see it get back in whack. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Back in whack. Back in whack. Yeah. It's going to be my record. Me and Jose. Well, there's enough. Back in whack. There's, <laughs> I love it, man. Boobs and boobs. <laughs> Are you cool with boobs, by the way? Is I all? prefer jubes. Uh, jubes. I'll go with either one. I can't do jubes. I know you can't do jubes. I can't do it, man. I'll go with boobs. All right. He's got bigger boobs than me, but I'll, I'll just be boobs. Yeah. Makes it, feel yeah better. it just fits. Scroobs? Scroobs. Okay. And, or... How do we work Silverman into that? Well, the other trend that, that we're seeing... That would be seeing, jubes, jubes, by the way. Okay. That's how you work Silverman into it. <laughs> well, the other, other thing that we're seeing uh, on this retreat, but obviously uh, everybody is seeing this right now, is there's this real um, move to kid and uh, mm -hmm. trying to access the youth, uh, you know, and get that market going again with Lego, with Scribblenauts, now with Disney Infinity. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on the third, uh, well... You know, there's going to be more, obviously more Skylanders coming. There's a real move to uh, to get the kid market going back again, but with quality stuff, you yeah, know, like yeah. the Scribblenauts game and the Lego games. And uh, there's obviously a real move to kids going on right now with like Disney Infinity and the Scribblenauts stuff and Lego and, and uh, you know, more Skylanders. It's cool for me to see games that parents will dig as well as kids will dig and, and it feels like it's going to be inspiring to a new generation of people to keep to stay with games you know they're going to play something fun and they're going to stay with it as opposed to five ten years ago where kids games were all you could count on them being horseshit being terrible yeah I, that's that's i think the thing is yeah. that these kids games are actually good yeah they figured it out they might be some of the strongest titles i think at the that bigger price point especially when you look at the value in skylanders or disney oh Infinity. my god or lego city undercover totally. i mean these are great yes. video games yeah it's it, your brain sometimes wants to stop you from enjoying them because you know it's kind of designed for kids and there's something especially when you've been gaming for a long time where you're yeah. like that's not for me and it's going to be dumb and it's going to not be fun it's going to be too simple Man, Skylanders is a great game. That yeah. is a great experience. You know, is it repetitive? Yeah. Did the second game not push it far enough? Yeah. But I loved collecting those things. It just it it hooks into a part of your geek brain. Like if you like magic cards or whatever your thing is, this just gets you. It yeah. gets you right there. Yeah. Same thing as collecting crap in Diablo. That's what getting these action figures are. It's expensive and there's it's brilliant and evil and diabolical. But it's a good game, and I think the Lego games are really good games. And, and what they're doing with Disney Infinity, I, I don't want to love it because I know what yeah, they're doing. I know. I know they're just going to try to get all my goddamn like money. feels like online gambling in a way. I don't have that much money, Vic. I know. I'm running out. <laughs> I'm spending it on <laughs> shit on all the toys. time. I got I toys. Know. I got to eat sometimes. Man, video games are so fucking expensive. I got to have this masseuse come over and waken my legs up right, after, after the, the toilet. After all that real racing three that yeah, you can't I, put down, I know. I know. Fish I out of water. I'm spending all my time on this stuff. Time is hard. So, I, you know, I, I think it's just a great era for kids games yeah. I think also what's happened is that the people who are designing games now remember the shitty kids games they had to play yeah at, when they were you know in the early 90s or whatever that's that's the age now or maybe yeah. even later yeah totally. so they're going well now I have a kid and I remember how crappy the games were yeah whereas I think it used to be people who didn't ever play kids games were just trying to get into the head of a kid yeah but now those guys grew up and with it's interesting because Nintendo obviously still makes kid-friendly games but they're selling less I think than you know partially due to market share and all that stuff with their machine mm -hmm. they're selling less and I think the people that are really digging that stuff are the nostalgia players out there that sort of gravitate to Nintendo because of the love of it and the you know the diehard fans and stuff like that but I think the kid market has been 
exploded across the other platforms for the first time. It absolutely it, has. Nintendo just is, isn't the only place that kids can be entertained by video games anymore. No, and I think you bring up a good point, and I think that might be a contributing factor no one talks about as to why Nintendo's been having some trouble. Yeah. I mean, they've been relying on mascots, the same mascots, for so long now, and they're just trying to get mileage out of it over and over again, like, hey, we put out a Mario game, we're just gonna be fine. Hey, we put out a Donkey Kong, we're gonna be great. What do they have to do at E3 to turn everything around? Because this is, I mean, all eyes are gonna be on what they've got to say. What do, what do they have to say? What would make you happy? Because you're a lifelong Nintendo fan, as am I. I, I. My, the pessimist in me says there's nothing this company can do. Yeah. I mean, I think they've really royally fucked this up. Yeah. I mean, look, a year ago we were all saying, you gotta show the box, you gotta differentiate the Wii and the Wii U, you gotta do these things. A year later, Awada's like, yeah, we kind of screwed that one up. Yeah. And you're like, guys, we all saw it coming. Like, how do you not see these things coming? Yeah. I think they have to come out with some sort of game experiences that use this tablet in ways that we've never thought of. Yeah. They have to kind of re-energize the technology. They have to not just say we're going to have a Mario game and a Zelda. We know that's coming and we know it'll be fine. But that's not going to change their fortunes. I think the thing they really need to do if this company wants to survive is I do think they need to start working with Apple. Yeah. I think they can't fight Apple anymore. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me why they don't just flood their own store with their games. Who wouldn't yeah. pay a dollar for a Zelda game? Yeah. And how many hundreds of millions of people wouldn't, wouldn't Well, if they that? put all of the old classic software that they have, even just on the Wii U store, suddenly the, you know, the value of that machine would be, you know... It would explode. It would be much better. Yeah. You know? But it's still the same garden, you know? Yeah. They, they're still just playing in the same garden. There is a new garden out there. It's not even a garden. It's a frontier. Yeah. And we're all spending our times on our mobile phones now. I don't carry my 3DS around with me everywhere. I yeah. don't carry my Vita. I carry my phone. That's what everyone's playing things on. That is the lead platform. This is the biggest video game company that's really ever been. Yeah. They have the most well-recognized, beloved mascots in the world. What a titanic shift that would be for I, Nintendo to think of themselves just as a gaming developer and a video game company that way and, and sort of move away from hardware. I, I never thought I would say that I think they the, should do it. I think the first step that they would probably do is some kind of souped up version of their, their current handheld that lets you plug into the television set. So maybe strip it down to just one machine that they're selling to people. Well, they could try that. There's yeah. a million things I'm, I, I'm sure they're going to try before they would ever say we're going to allow Nintendo characters or franchises to appear on non-Nintendo hardware. Yeah. But if you're asking me what I think this company needs to do yeah. to increase their stock price again and become a valuable player in the gaming landscape, they need to open it up. Because yeah. they fucked this one up. This Wii U is, I think it's a disaster. Well, this is going to be yeah, an interesting E3. Oh Dude, my God. I love talking with you, and we have to do this more often. I think Scott and I are going to... Uh, have you into the basement on a regular basis, so be prepared for that. That is so threatening. All right, and like we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to bring you in, uh, whether you want to be in here or not. We're going to put you into the back of a van. My mom's going to be driving us over. Do you have a toilet and a television in yeah. the van? Yes, we do. All right. Yeah, and in the basement as well. Oh my! Well, All right, Jesus Christ! That's what in. that's what that smell is. I'll be there tomorrow. Okay, Ben Silverman, thank you so much, brother. Thanks for having me. Man. I'll see you on TV on Reviews on the Run every damn day. I've never seen it. Is it any good? It's pretty good. Cool. I love talking to that guy. Um, you know, one of the, the, the tragedies of the, the awesome kind of situation that we have. Tragedy's too strong. Well, it's just, 
one of the unfortunate aspects. It's a tragedy because I love these people and we just don't get to hang out with them. I mean, we were talking about foobs there, Ben and I, and I miss that guy. I haven't seen him in months, you know, and uh, I'm going to see Miri on this trip and I can't wait to see her. You know, I, I feel so close to these people. I'm so proud of them and so impressed by them. Man, it was great to hang yeah. out with them. So I, I wish I oh, had a teleportation Star Trek thing that could zip me all over the continent. Well, can, you you would like to just zip into the theater and see Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Did you see that last night? No, I didn't go. It started at nine. That's You know, I'm in my bath with my Chablis by then. Right. The Chablis poured so out. So a couple stories from the home front here. The other day I was looking out the window of our office and I saw some sort of wild dog running along the train tracks and I freaked out. I'm still kind of yeah. new here to Vancouver and I, I had its spots on. I've never seen it. It was like a tiny dog with spots on it must have been a wolf or a coyote i don't know i don't know what awesome uh, maybe it was the guy from hemlock grove um, was looking for you for uh, the, he was a terrible review he was did. going along the train tracks just heading towards the city and i freaked out and i ran into the office next door to us where where blake and uh, rob and brianna and jason sit and nobody was in there except for blake and i said look at this thing it's like a mythological creature he, he, and blake leaned over looked out the window and said i think it's some kind of cat oh. <laughs> And then I said, are you wearing your glasses? Do you have glasses? And he's like, I can't see what that is. He just saw like the shape loping along the train tracks there. Um, have you been watching Brianna and I on, on EP Daily? No, I'm getting back too late. I, oh, man, we, we've got something good happening. Uh, so I'm out. You you, got, uh, you might be Sessler. Jesus. Yeah. Don't Sessler me, man. Listen, I've, I've also uh, taken your mom to see The Great Gatsby twice. And how's she enjoying that? And then afterward, she likes to go to White Spot. Oh, perfect. So She's we went to White Spot. So right, a full night. And she gets the fish burger. <laughs> she gets the fish burger. And this is what she likes to do. She likes me to rub her feet while she's eating the fish burger. Oh, Jesus <laughs> So she puts her foot up on my lap and eats her fish burger. And I'm like, oh, mom. Okay. Okay. Let's. Whatever makes her feel good, you know. That's about as weird as we get, right there. <laughs> we got wistful at the middle. We got weird at the end. We talked to Ben Silverman. Uh, I know you're going to Redmond, Washington, for your secret event yeah. next week. So well, it's not secret. They're revealing the new. I know it's fun to say it's secret, though. I know, and they sent the whole agenda. And you know what? You know what the agenda is. What is uh, it? Un unreleased game announcement un or unannounced game announcement unannounced game announcement just like one after the other they've got this whole did it say at any point able to watch espn on toilet via microsoft surface you know we're going to be able to do that yeah well come home soon my friend we miss you here at headquarters we'll hold it down for now and right. we are definitely not sesslering you yet all right. Thank you very much for that. All right. Uh, hugs, my friend. Have encouragement. Stitcher! iTunes and uh, everywhere else that podcasts can be found, you can find Fixed Basement. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. See you, buddy. Bye.